Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Well, here we are in our series, The Invite. It's been a fun series. I've enjoyed this this time together as we're preparing to invite someone to trust that God has given us a burden for someone. That was our first week. Last week, a burden for them to hear the good announcement and to experience Jesus Christ resurrected in their life. That's what we're longing for. And today, we're going to look at some of how Paul understands why and how that happens. I'm going to try not to get too deep into the weeds here, but this verse, of all three verses, I mean, who would have thought you could do three sermons on just three verses? But this verse has so much in it. And I think you're going to want to hear what Paul is trying to say then and what it means for us today as we think about beginning to invite others. And I want you to know that at the end of this service today, I just felt led that we need to open up the altar time as the teachers were here and give people a chance to respond to the good news today. Now, some of you might already be feeling uh, nervous about that. And that may be that the Holy Spirit is already working on you. Just sit in here with me. Don't leave. We want to give you an opportunity to respond to the good news of what Jesus has done. And so go ahead and open your Bibles, however you get your Bible, uh, whether it's in book form or app form, and turn again to Romans chapter 1. We'll begin at verse 14 and go through verse 17, and then we'll be concentrating today on verse 17. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. This is Paul writing to a group of people he didn't know, but he wanted them to understand something good about the gospel. He says, I'm obliged both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the unwise. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God For the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the non-Jew. For in the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. This is the word of God for the people of God, both here and online, and our response is, Thanks be to God. Can we pray just for a moment? Father, I pray for clarity. I pray for folks' attention to hang in here. Keep me out of the deep weeds and make this incredible good news for us today. For I pray this in your name. Amen. 
We've been talking about having that burden. We've kind of already gone through this. God was burdened for us. Are we? I think we're in the wrong series. Yes, we're in the wrong series. This is two weeks ago. Uh, go down. It uh, should be invite number four. And I'm going to go ahead and start with a story. I was going to have a, a picture up there. If you see a picture of monkey bars there, Jeff, that's where we need to go. How many of you are old enough? I don't know if OSHA allows for these to happen anymore on, uh, on teachers. How many of you remember monkey bars? Remember those things? Yes. They go up like this. There's like three ladders so that little kids can get up there. And then you go like this, right? And then there's another one. And you go like this. Some of you can't hold your own body weight, so you go like this. You know, one, two, one, two, one, two. All the way across. Well, I was a young lad of about sixth grade time, so 12 or 13. And uh, there we were. Uh, we had one of these monkey bars on the playground. Now, Texas, where I live, southern Texas, down in the Rio Grande Valley, uh, the ground is pretty hot, uh, hard and dry most of the year. And then, so we're out there and we're playing, and we had just come from lunch, which was before recess. I still remember what we had that day. Greasy spaghetti. And this will, this will be important here in just a second. Because we decided as young 12, 13-year-old boys that we were going to have a competition on the monkey bars. That, that we would climb up to that top ladder position and we would see who could jump to the farthest rung out on the monkey bars. How many of you have ever done that? Come on. All right. Yep. Honesty time. Here we go. Well, I was maybe a couple inches shorter than I am now, so I was, I thought, I've got the advantage here. I am winning this thing. And so sure enough, I was going there. One of the guys had gotten out three. One guy had gotten out four. I was going for six. So here I was, on the side, up the ladder, off the hard ground. You see where this is going, don't you? I leapt. I got the sixth rung. It was phenomenal. My feet swung through, came here, and my greasy hands slipped off the bars. I went like this to try and brace as I was coming to the ground, parallel to the ground. I don't remember hearing the snap, but all of a sudden, life went into slow motion. And as I pulled my arm around from my back, I saw that my arm right about here did one of these. And my fingers ended about right here. I think they call it telescoping. It was gross. I ran over to the gym teacher who happened to be outside, and she was working with a class during that time. I said, Miss Soto, Miss Soto, I, I need your attention. She said, hang on one second. I said, I don't think this will wait a second. She turned around and saw my arm, and oh, my goodness, and didn't know what to do. She just kind of held out her clipboard so I could put my arm on it. <laughs> we walked like that all the way to the office. It was painful. But that, I don't know if we have, have my slides up, but that led to a doctor's appointment. 
to Dr. Rick Bassett, who is still practicing. I had a picture of him that I wanted to show you. Uh, it still looks just like I remember him way back when I was 12 or 13. And Dr. Bassett worked. He was an orthopedic specialist, and he worked on broken bones. He uh, eventually went on to actually design, I found this out later, just looking uh, a couple nights ago, that he w- actually went out to design part of when you get a hip replacement, there's a, like that ball and joint socket. He actually was part of the development of that. So this is a great guy. And this doctor worked on me. Because you see, the x-ray showed that, you, you know, you have two bones in here. I don't know if you know that. You have two bones in here. And uh, one was just crushed powder. It's a nice gap, easy. They just whoop, put that back together, line it up. The other one, though, was really jagged. I know, this is gross. I, I, I'm, we'll do this before lunch, all right? That one was going to take some work to get, make sure it was all lined up so that it could heal properly. And so what did he do, have to do? I mean, this was 1983 or 4. He had to move the bones, get them where he thought to set them up, put on these giant heavy plaster casts, then we had to let it dry, then we had to walk down the office. There he is, Dr. Bassett. Had to walk down a little ways. I'd have to set my arm up. We'd do the x-ray. He'd wait for it to develop. It would come back in, and he would say, I'm sorry, we got the first one right. That was the easy one. The second one is too hard. And he'd cut the cast off. He'd set it again. He'd put the cast on again, let it dry. We'd walk down the hall. He'd x-ray it. And then he would come back and see, and he said, I'm sorry, we didn't get it again. We did that process seven times. What does all this have to do with our verse? I think this is going to help us. This visit with Dr. Rick Bassett is going to help us understand a couple of very important words in this verse and through Scripture. So I want us to begin to understand a couple of concepts that are mentioned in the the last verse that we're going in for In the gospel, a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So let's look at what this righteousness and faith, or you can see where we're going, faithfulness, has to do here that we saw in verse 17. Now I want to read this to you in the New Revised Standard Version because it's a little bit closer to the actual Greek language that Paul wrote this in. There, it changes it a little bit, but I want you to see this. For in it, the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed through faith, for faith. As it is written, the one who is righteous will live by faith faith. So let's look at these words. The first word we're going to look at is the word righteous. That's a very churchy word, isn't it? Righteous or righteousness. In fact, outside of finding Nemo, I don't know that we use this word very much. Righteous. Or maybe if you're a surfer, I don't know, maybe surfers still use that term. 
But outside of that, we don't use that term. What does the word righteous mean? And because we know that the Bible was written in a different language other than English, I want us to look at the Greek word that Paul was using there. And that is the word dikaiosune. Let's say that together. Ready? One, two, three. Dikaiosune. Let's say it one more time. One, two, three. Dikaiosune. And you know we're going to do it three times for the Trinity. Ready? One, two, three. Dikaiosune. What does Dikaiosune mean? It's a very deep word. And like I said, I promise we're not going to get too deep into the weeds. So we're only going to scratch the surface here. I want us to look at some of the root word uh, for Dikaiosune or where this comes from. Dikaiosune is based on the root word decay. Not decay like my arm would have done if I had left it uh, outside the care of Dr. Bassett. DK. It means a judicial verdict. Like you've gone before the judge and your case is played out and there's a verdict. That's decay. Dikaiosune adds a little bit more. And we find, found this in Strong's exhaustive concordance to know that properly it is judicial approval. The verdict of approval. And in the New Testament, it is often the approval of God. Or can be defined as divine approval. That changes something. It becomes not just this religious word, but becomes something that is good news for you and me when we read that verse again. What if we do this? For in it, in the gospel, the divine approval of God is revealed through faith. For faith, as it is written, the one who is divinely approved will live by faith. Does that change something in you? Does that change something for you? What this is basically saying is that it reveals that God is on your side. God cares deeply about you, and God is pursuing you, and God wants the best for you. God is on your side. In fact, in just a few chapters later, Paul will say exactly that in Romans 8.31 where he says, If God is for us, and the way he writes that means, and God is for us, then who can be against us? That should be good news. And Paul is saying that this gospel that he is proclaiming, this good announcement, reveals God's divine approval. He is faithful to show that. We see this, you know, in, in my example with Dr. Bassett. Uh, my parents believed that Dr. Bassett was on my side, that he was going to do everything he could, whatever it took, to bring healing to my broken arm. He was going to use everything imaginable in order to try and bring healing. Even if it took seven times to do it, he wasn't going to quit until there was going to be healing for my arm. And my friends, I'm here to tell you that Paul wants us to know from this one tiny verse that God is on your side, that he is pursuing you out of his great love for you. He wants the best for you, and he will bring all that he has to bear into your life to try and get your attention and bring healing to your heart and your life and your soul. That's good news, isn't it? That's righteous. That's righteous. That was revealed in this visit that I had. And I wanted to to take just a moment to talk about this revealing. Because this divine approval is revealed. 
This is revealed in the gospel. Now, that word for reveal, I'm not, I, you've probably heard it before. It's the word apocalypsis. What does that sound like? Apocalypse. Yeah. Remember, remember when we were back in that Revelation series, I was trying to tell you it's not about being scared in the end of the world. It's about a revealing. And there's something about this good news of what God has done in Jesus, in his life, in his death, and his resurrection that reveals God's divine approval for you and for me. That when we see that cross, when we see the empty tomb, when we read the stories of Jesus, what we should be seeing in that is God's divine acceptance and approval for you and for me. I want you to hear this. You may want to take a picture of this slide right here and think about it throughout the week. Jesus did not suffer and die to get the Father to accept you. I I need you to hear this. Jesus did not suffer and die to get the Father to accept you. He suffered and died to show what God is willing to endure in order for you and for me to experience His acceptance, His divine approval. That's good news. Too often we take this good news of what God was willing to suffer and endure in order for us to experience His approval and His acceptance, and we turn it into some formula that we just memorize and then wait around to punch our ticket for heaven. But the cross and resurrection of Jesus was meant to show us how much how deep how wide is the love of god and what lengths god is willing to go to in order for you and for me to know his approval and his acceptance that's good news my friends and it is revealed through faithfulness here's our our last word for the day it's revealed through faithfulness. So let's look at this word, faithfulness or faith. And this is interesting because sometimes we translate this word belief. Sometimes we translate, translate it faith. Sometimes we translate it faithfulness. This is where languages are messy. You don't always translate one for one. In fact, right here in our verse where it says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel in verse 16, because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. It is the Greek word pistuo. And as we move down into our verse, it is for pistuo or or from pistuo for pistuo. You want to say that with me, don't you? One, two, three, pistuo. Say it one more time. It's pistuo. Ready? Like a stew, like We're about to have because we're moving into fall. Sorry to break the news to you. Ready? One, two, three. Pistuo. Let's say it one more time. One, two, three. Pistuo. Good job. Good job. Now, pistuo, again, I told you we were going to try and look at the root words of these Greek and, and Hebrew words, is from patho. And what patho means is to persuade or to be persuaded. Properly, it is persuasion or generically faith. Something that I just believe. It commonly is 
from my head. It's something that I think about and I just kind of believe up in here, but doesn't necessarily lead to any change. You see, I could believe that 3 plus 2 is 7, but someone could set out things in a, in a group of 3, in a group of 2, and then go down the line and go 1, 2, 3, 4, come on with me now, 5. And that would patho me to believe <laughs> 3 plus 2 doesn't equal 7, it equals 5. And sometimes this is what we do with faith. We, we memorize those creeds. Nothing wrong with creeds. They're, they're a good skeleton on which the body of our faith is hung and supported. It's good to know. You should memorize your creeds. They're good things for you to know. But that is just a head knowledge thing. And what Paul wants to under, us to understand when he's talking about faith or faithfulness, I believe comes more from the Hebrew or the Jewish understanding of faith. And so I want us to look at that. He used the Greek word because he had a Greek-speaking audience. But Paul, as a good Jew, I believe would have understood faith in a different way. And he would have been thinking about the Hebrew word for faith, and it is the word emunah. Are you ready to say that with me? Emunah. Ready? One, two, three. Emunah. Let's say it one more time. One, two, three. Emunah. And this comes from the root word for faith, is, is for emunah means faithfulness, steadiness, trustworthiness. That's what emunah means. And that comes from the, the root word amon. And amon means secure and firm. Now, sometimes it is translated faith. Like if you go to Isaiah 7, 9, you'll see this very brilliantly played out. It says, if you are not firm, amon, in your faith, amon, then you will never be firm, amon. It's the same word three times, but translated into two different words. It's because we're beginning to look at how this works, how the language works. And emon means secure or firm. And because God is emunah, because God is faithful, I can be amon. I can be secure and steady. Now I know I'm, I, I told you I'm trying not to get in the weeds. I feel like we're up to about right here now. But what I want us to see from this, what I believe we need to see from this, is that faith, emunah, is an action. It is not just something I do with my mind. It is something that I do in life together. It is something that I live out in my day-to-day life with my family, at my job, in my school, with my friends when I'm alone. It is something that we do. And biblical faith is demonstrated by one who is so secure and firm, that's Amon, that they know uh, to what they, and what they know to be true, that they practice it. That's Amunah. That's faithfulness. It is something that is lived out in our daily life. So let us hear this again. For in it, the gospel, the divine approval of God is revealed through faithfulness for 
faithfulness. As it is written, the one who is divinely approved will live by faithfulness. Now think about that. Through faithfulness, for faithfulness. God's faithfulness. You may want to write this down. God's faithfulness enables our, your, my faithfulness. That this is important. The gospel is not just about getting out of here. The gospel is about living here in the here and now. I love what Pastor Tom Wright says about this. He says, so don't stress the doctrine of your own personal salvation that you fail to see what you are saved for. That it is through God's faithfulness, but it is for faithfulness to be enacted into your life. He goes on and says, salvation is not to take you out of this world, but it's to qualify you and to qualify me to be God's putting right people for this world. That we are called to live out our faith, not just something we hold in our heads, but something that we enact as a community together as we go out and enact the good news of God's approval and what God was willing to endure in order for people, human beings, you and me, to experience that approval. And sometimes I worry that we in the church are too much concerned with the disapproval of God and we were given the message, the good announcement that God was willing to endure the cross and hell and the grave and healed his own son from death back to life in order for human beings to experience God's approval, the good news. And we need to live that out and show that in our daily lives. If we wanted to boil that down into one little memorable phrase, maybe we need to to say this together. God's faithful giving enables our faithful living. Can we say that together? One, two, three. God's faithful giving enables our faithful living. That's what he means when he says it's revealed through faithfulness for faithfulness. It's through his faithfulness. And we are called to now and enabled now to live faithful lives. Just like when I came out of Dr. Bassett's office, he was faithful to set that bone and to put a plaster cast on it and to let it dry and to take me down the hall and x-ray it and make sure it was right and then cut it off and do that over and over and over again to show that he was faithful. He was going to do that. And because of that, I have a healthy arm. That I can use every day I show his faithfulness to my healing by using my arm. I trusted him. And his faithfulness brought me a healthy arm. Now, I feel like I have to stop here because of the Reformation. We have this this thing that if I have to be faithful or if I'm called or enabled to live faithfully, that somehow I'm earning my salvation. This has nothing to do with works-based salvation. Did you hear me say that? 
has nothing to do with works-based salvation. I mean, how silly of it would be if I walked out after my arm had healed and my cast was done and I could use my arm again. Would people go around saying, oh, look at Jeff. He's just earning his health right there, you know, using that arm. That's silly. No, he was faithful to heal. And I live out that health. I am an example of that health every time I use my hand because Dr. Bassett was faithful. And as broken as my arm was, and as healed as it is now, Paul is not concerned about a broken limb, but he's concerned about a broken soul. That every human being has because of the brokenness of our world that we call sin. And when my heart was broken so much more than my arm. The good news, the good announcement was shown to me. That God was willing To send His one and only Son. To live to show people how passionately God was on their side. And He was willing to endure even the suffering of the cross. To show me what the Father was willing to endure so that I could fully experience the divine acceptance of God. That that would heal me. And he was willing and he has proved himself over and over again in all of the broken places of my life. He has been faithful to do whatever it took to bring healing. He never gives up. He never will give up. And if you have some brokenness in your life today, I want to testify like Paul. And I want to announce to you the good news that God is on your side. That God is pursuing you person online god is for you and he will do whatever it takes to make sure that you understand that and experience the healing that only he can bring he is faithful and you will see that health lived out in faithful expression of your life when you simply say here i am here i am you can have it all You can have it all. And every time I have done that, friend, He has been faithful. He has been faithful to show His righteousness, His divine approval and acceptance of me, and brought healing all the way through, all the way through, all the way through. I told you today that I wanted to to give us an opportunity to say yes to God's righteousness, to His approval. And so if you have had brokenness in your life, or you're in a place right now where it just feels like the faith you had before is dry, I want to announce to you today the righteousness, the divine approval and acceptance of God. And I want to invite you to come and be a, to, to yield your life to Him. I know you will find Him faithful. How do we do that? 
We've got the ABCs of faithfulness here. Are you ready for this? This is a simple prayer. Accept that God is for you. That's a lot easier for me to say than sometimes it is for you to do. But I want you to know that part of coming forward, if you decide to come forward, is is you're saying, I want to declare to myself, I want to believe, I want to know, and I accept that God is for me. That's what the Bible tells me. Then there's, there's believing, believing that God has demonstrated His willingness, His faithfulness through Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. And I'm going to declare that I'm, I want to believe in that. I may need some help there of the church, of a small group, of those kinds of things, but I, I want to believe. I want to believe that. I want to see that lived out. And then see, it's just confessing your brokenness and your need of healing. Simple. So many of us walk around with broken arms that the Dr. Bassett, the great Dr. Bassett, God could heal. But we walk around saying, I'm okay. I'm all right. Ah, sure, I got a little pain here. Can't close my fist all the way. Folks, God is for you. And I want to invite you today to come to accept that He's for you, to begin the journey of believing that He has done everything faithfully for your healing. And all you have to do is confess your brokenness and your need of healing. Will you do this today? I sure hope so. Would you stand with me? Bow your heads. I'm going to ask Lori to come and, and sing that chorus. And if right now you're feeling like, I I need that. I want you to know this is not embarrassing. This is actually victory. This is something worth celebrating. And I, I don't care if this is your first time in church. Or if you've been here for a long time and you're just in that kind of dry place. You're feeling broken and in need of God's faithful approval again. It's okay for you to come too. So with your head bowed, Lori's going to sing. And I'm just going to invite you to come. She's going to sing it maybe two times. Maybe three times. But I'm going to invite you to come. And if you need to begin this today, It's okay. We want to celebrate with you. This is beginning. This is admitting. You need some help from God. That's okay. You come. One is come. Would you come? Don't wait. Don't leave here today without beginning this journey. Come. Come now.
sing it one more time. That's it. If God is speaking to you and you're in need of his touch today, I'm going to invite you to come forward. If that's you, go ahead and come as Lori sings. I hear you call. I to come and be a support to someone who is praying, go ahead and gather around them. If someone is kneeling or you see tears in their eyes and you're with them on home online, just go ahead and reach your hand over and touch their shoulder. It's going to be a time of prayer. This is important. This is important. Father, we are so grateful for your approval, your righteousness. And I pray for those who have come forward, either here or online, that they would simply accept that. That you are for them, not against them. And you're going to be faithful to do whatever it takes to bring healing so that they can live faithfully the best life here and now. God, I pray that you would begin now to plant those seeds of faith in their life, that they would begin to believe that you have done everything and will continue to do everything to be faithful to them, to bring healing to the broken places of their life. And right now, I just pray that they would simply confess, say the words, I need you. Come and help me, God. Sometimes the best prayer is simply help me. And we're grateful that we can experience your forgiveness, your healing, your help. God, for those who are unable or unwilling to come forward, may they sense right where they are sitting that you are ready to be faithful in their lives pray that you would place your hand upon their life refresh them and help them to know your goodness your faithfulness for we pray and we ask these things in Jesus name this is important work up here so I'm going to bless the rest of you and allow you to to go go reverently quietly folks are, are praying we want to pray for uh, Joni Garisco. She was taken to Bronson uh, by ambulance. There's an intestinal blockage. So we're going to be praying for her. Uh, just Joni Garisco, praying for no surgery and that doctors can treat her. So pray for them and the family, okay? Make sure you do that this week. But my friends and family here online, I pray that you would know the righteousness of God. That God is for you, not against you. I pray that you would begin to see that revealed in your, the dead places in your life. And I pray that you would know that He will be faithful to bring healing. 
And because he is faithful in his giving, we can be faithful in our living. I pray you would sense that and go out and live that this day and every day. I send you out in the blessing of the Father who is for us, in the blessing of the Son who is with us, and in the blessing of the Holy Spirit who is in us. One God forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in his name. If you're praying and you need to keep praying, go right ahead. We have friends here who are with you. Have a great week. We'll see you guys online next week. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.